0: Let's open our Bibles to Mark, chapter 9. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 9. Let me see if I can, in a few minutes, prepare us for the Lord's Supper. Let me review some basic economic laws with you. These are simple, and don't be confused by them. The value of anything is uniquely personal and cannot be set by others. It's the value you put on it. Each person values the world's goods and services, their things and their actions differently. The value of anything to a person is determined by what that person will exchange for it. Life is economically like a huge auction of goods and services to bid for or not bid for. You do it every day. Everyone does it every day. Because each person's wealth is limited, a person's choice of one thing must preclude other things, deny other things. Money... Is called the medium of exchange because it is a separate thing used for pricing to compare goods and services as to what you'll bid for and take and what you'll reject and say, I can't really afford that. All life's goods and services, all the world's things and actions, are offered for sale at prices each person can evaluate. If the price of one thing is too high in a person's analysis, he or she will choose to buy something else. This human action by 7.6 billion people creates greater or lesser demand, raising or reducing prices. The price of anything is set by its cost, a function of supply and difficulty, Of obtaining that thing and demand by buyers. In Mark chapter 8, verse 34, we have an economic text. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Verses 36 and 37. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? That is a terrible trade. It's a terrible, disastrous trade. It's a terrible, disastrous purchase and sale. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? If a soul is worth more than the world, what will you give for it? let me take a few minutes to share God's choice to use a great deal of economic language in the Bible to describe the cross of Calvary and what He paid for your soul. These verses and words in Mark are also found in Matthew and Luke. I hope that you know the Bible uses economic terms like redemption, ransom, bought, cost, price, Profit, free, purchased, debt, and so forth. Remember the facets of salvation. God has identified and described saving our souls in different ways by different terms. Some are relational, like reconciliation. Some are legal or forensic, like justification. Some are economic, like redemption or bought. Some are familial, like adoption but we're not going to leave adoption to the side today. I just want you to think about the price of your soul. I want you to think about the price of your soul. What if you were to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Would it be fun having the whole world for a while? Jesus says it's not a good trade at all. What, What does it profit at all if a man were to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange? See, that's an economic word as well. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? The value of anything is determined by what a person will give in exchange for the thing. Jesus with per- perfect economic wisdom, went right after this exchange equation for you and your soul. What is the value or price of your soul? Jesus set the price very high. Most Christians set it very low by their actions. They show such little regard for their soul. It's worth more than the whole world. If you were to gain the whole world and lose it, you lose. Your soul. Jesus, also knowing about hell, set the price of your soul above your valuable eyes or hands. Flip back to Matthew chapter 5 and let me remind you of what you know well. But let's see it in print. Let's make the word of God honorable. The aisles waited for the law of God. Here it is. This is these, are, these are economic principles that no one learns in Harvard Business School. And this is what the Gentiles got from the Lord Jesus Christ. This is judgment in the earth. Right. That the whole world and all of its economic value is worth less than your soul. Who, who would ever teach that? Where would that kind of information come from? It comes from God, the Lord, who had a servant that He sent for us Gentiles. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 29, If thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out, and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off, and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell." This is not really talking about mutating the body or plucking out eyeballs literally or cutting off hands literally, but those things that tempt you to sin. You should be willing to cut them off and cast them from thee easily because it's better to go to heaven maimed than to go to hell whole. And so the Lord is valuing our souls and our lives by these different comparisons. Jesus, also knowing the cost of discipleship, mocked false believers that will not pay. Jesus, when he saw a crowd following him, he laid before them the economic transaction and the economic choice they were gonna have to make. They needed to count up the cost and decide if they were gonna pay it, lest if they said, I believe and I wanna be baptized and then they don't follow through they are like a man that begins to build a tower but doesn't have sufficient funds to finish it and so he has a half-finished tower and you a half-finished life a half-finished tower and everyone that goes by the tower or the life makes fun of it because they didn't finish the lord taught that in luke chapter 14 verses 25 through 30. what is the advantage or profit if a man acquired the whole world, but was sent to hell. This is how our Lord Jesus phrased it, measuring the whole world as worthless dung. No man in history, and certainly no one here, can acquire anything of value at all to be compared to the world. Do you know what this is saying to us? We get so worked up about little things that, that can't even be calculated because they're so small as a percentage of the world. But Jesus said, if a man were to gain the whole thing, it wouldn't be worth his soul. For the truth, the full truth of the matter, the best of this world is vanity and vexation of spirit anyway. And a man who had a whole lot of it tried it. Do you know how much wisdom Jesus brought forth to the isles that we're going over right now? Cut that thing off. Take something valuable and practical out of your life if it leads you to temptation towards sin. Pluck out something that you love to look at. And do you know what context? This is in Matthew five twenty-eight Set the context for those two verses of plucking out the right eye and cutting off the right hand sexual temptations. What is the price or value of your soul for you to know what must be paid to save it? This is how our Lord Jesus phrased it. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? measuring any price at all that we could understand in this world as worthless dung. The immortality of the soul, the torment of hell, and the riches of glory combined to infinity. How do you measure those three things put together geometrically? The immortality of the soul, that's how long. The torment of hell, how hot is hell? It's a good question to ask. How hot is hell? It's too hot and the riches of glory if you take time times torment times blessing and you get the one or the other for infinity for eternity the equation just breaks down there isn't anything in this life that should ever compete with that no man can give to God a ransom for his soul or even come close by any measure Psalm 49 declares that plainly no man can give to God a ransom for his brother's soul it can't be paid for we can't help each other that way we're helpless there's eternal eternal torment waiting and why do we chase little tiny soap bubbles of the world when even if we had the whole thing the whole kit and caboodle it would not be worth our souls right. what price would you pay to keep your soul out of hell and its eternal torment of you I'm asking you a question. I'm asking me a question. What price would you pay to keep your soul out of hell and its eternal torment of you? If under the heat of conviction you'd say anything and everything, well, why isn't it true? Your life says otherwise for the slightest things of human existence entrance you and dominate you or me at times. What price would you pay to spend eternity in a new heaven and a new earth with Jesus Christ. If under the heat of conviction, while we're here, you'd say, anything and everything. Why isn't it true? Your life says otherwise. For you never labor, speak, and we guess, ever think about heaven. But you'd pay anything and everything. Can you add the two previous prices together for an estimate of the value of your soul. What would you pay to get out of hell forever? What would you pay to be in a new heaven and a new earth forever? Can you add them so that we can get close to an estimate for your soul? You said anything and everything for both of them. Think of the thrill of eternal perfection instead of the torture of eternal punishment. That's the thrill of eternal perfection instead of the torture of eternal punishment. The combination of these two blessings is a matter of value that annihilates all others. How hot is hell Where where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. How hot is it That's Mark 9, 44, 46, and 48. How long is eternity? Forever and ever, and then an end. How long is eternity? Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Can you multiply these two facts by each other? The economic math is how hot is hell, times the duration of hell. That is a multiplication effort that you have to make there. If we value your soul by pain endured, what is the result of intensity times duration? The intensity of hell times the length of hell. If we value your soul by the pleasure lost, by not going to heaven, what is the result of intensity of pleasure times the duration of eternity? as we try to guess the value of your soul what are you worth today what's your soul worth in the light of this kind of information that god sent his servant and his messenger to convey to us that there's eternal hell and there's eternal heaven and they are both eternal and your soul is going to one or the other and the difference between the two times eternity We just ran out of ability to calculate it. And it's the price of a soul. And so chasing this world, even if it was the whole world, doesn't measure up. Shall we value your soul by this combined and leveraged infinite degree of torture and pleasure lost? But God, and we see, you choose instead a little soap bubble that lasts only a moment. If we read if we read the questions what will it profit if a man gain the whole world and lose his own soul we read it and what will a man give in exchange for his soul we read it we could memorize it do our lives show it that's not really what I'm preaching today I just wanted to get there this way I want to share something else with you along those lines but we have got to answer the question. What would we pay to get out of hell? To get out of jail card for hell. What would we pay? What would we pay for eternal heaven? Are we, paying, are we paying it by our actions? What if we price your soul by God's choice, His Son's life, and Jesus' suffering for you? the only infinitely good being in the universe, chose you to be his own for eternity. He paid the ultimate price by giving his beloved son to Romans and Jews to torture instead of you. Jesus endured a combination of anguish and pain that cannot be fully comprehended. He sweat, as it were, great drops of blood and had to have angels sent from heaven for the Son of Man to make it through the Garden of Gethsemane. For you. Now I have a string of verses here to take until sunset of economic verses in the Bible. Elihu rescued Job's soul by describing a rare messenger, one out of a thousand, that would tell him he had found a ransom. Paul described salvation in 2 Corinthians 8 9 as Jesus being rich and becoming poor so that you and your poverty could be made rich. How is that for an economic transaction? See, God knows all about economics and more about it than any of us know. Jesus was rich, he became poor, so that we who were poor could become rich. That is an economic transaction. And do you already understand that we've got something in play here that is more than the whole world? Are you with me? It's, it's simple. I'd, I'm not trying to be complicated at all. Do you understand that something is in play here That's of more value than the whole world? Jesus had it all, more than the whole world in heaven. But he came down and was born in the lowest parts of the earth. For us who were born in the lowest parts of the earth, like a wild ass's Mm colt, could be with him in heaven, owners of the universe. Amen. Right? Is that, he paid that? We're just trying to figure out what it is. Jesus paid a fabulous price for your soul. Therefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name for that price that he paid for you. A rich man thought that his growing assets were going to make him happy for the rest of his life. He said, soul, take thine ease. Build some bigger barns to hold all this. God said to him that night, thy soul's going to be required of thee. Then whose shall these things be? See, the Bible deals with this repeatedly, and maybe we ignore it a little too much. We ought to be thinking about how hot is hell, and how long does hell last, and that is heat times time. And heat times time equals the price of a soul. But that's only on one side. There's another side. If you go to hell, you not only suffer forever, but you you miss eternal pleasures at the right hand of God forever, owning the universe forever, with everything perfect forever. How about that intense pleasure times duration? That's a formula. And then we take the two and we add them together and we think we're getting close. We're getting close to the price of a soul. Jesus came down from that intense pleasure in the way that the Bible sets it to us in Philippians chapter 2. And he endured the suffering and the agony and the guilt of God on the cross comparable to hell for us. We want to think about that as we think about the value of our souls. Satan vainly tried this diabolical economic analysis on Jesus. He said, Lord, and he said, Jesus, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in the moment. He said, all these have been given to me. I'll give them all to you if you'll fall down and worship me. And Jesus answered and did not fall for that at all. But notice that economic transaction is understood by the devil. And the devil gets us to sell our souls cheap. Can I I put those words out there? Do we sell our souls kind of cheap? If they're worth, worth more than the whole world, it's amazing what some of you, all of you, and me, get distracted by. It is amazing. We are economically depraved. We are economically void of all sense because we get excited about a little soap bubble that has no meaning at all in value of any kind compared to what I'm talking about from the Bible. Right. We, all of us. I don't care if it's something noble like family. Who cares about your family? Your fam- family doesn't matter when it comes to eternity. You're not going to have your family in heaven. There's no marriage in heaven, but there's eternal pleasures in heaven and eternal torment in hell or a job or money see I got you know I'm thankful for a good raise there's other raises in here I thank the Lord for them I rejoice in them but in comparison to this equation get rid of it the rich man should have traded places with Lazarus to save his soul Lazarus Will you please go inside and sleep in my king-size bed with those three bathrooms next to it, one with gold, silver, and platinum fixtures, and I will come out here in the street if you'll give me what you have so that these dogs can lick my sores, but the angels will come and carry me into Abraham's bosom. Should he have done that? That is a no-brainer. That is an economic no-brainer. That decision can't even be compared Lazarus won economically by a price that cannot be measured. What do you hope to achieve that leads you to lose your soul? What's your soul's price? I want to get off this practical point, though I believe it's very important for us. Every day you make choices of allocating your priorities, your time, your effort, and so forth. There are certain things we have to do. But what, how we make those choices shows how much we value our soul. See, the Lord Jesus would put it, if you've got something that you're, that you're really useful and you're used to it, and you use it all the time, but it leads you to sin, cut it off and destroy it. I'm going to say it again, because it's better to go into heaven maimed or to live through life maimed than to go to hell with both hands. So, so Jesus is trying to teach us something. See, we were excited in Isaiah 42 because God sent His servant for us Gentiles. Rah, rah, rah. Give me verses 10 through 12 and let me shout and sing. But then if we really believe what judgment Jesus came and taught us by His gospel, this is it. And so we've got some hard decisions to make. But I want to tell you about a a hard decision that was made very easily by someone else for you so let me get off that I hope I've said enough that you'll think about on Monday and Tuesday if the Lord gives them to us when I make this choice what value am I putting on my soul you have nothing to exchange for your soul do you know what kind of trouble you're in if a soul is worth more than the whole world and you have nothing to give, and no one in here has anything to give. You're in trouble. God saw that. God saw that you and I were in trouble. That the the value of an eternity in hell, and the value of eternal pleasure, and the difference between the two of them, or them added together, is we can't pay it can't even come close Jesus would say what will a man give in exchange for his soul we look around we measure ourselves in the mirror we don't give much and there isn't anything we can give God saw us God saw us helpless with nothing to pay And he heard Jesus' words. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? And he said, I will give. I will give my son in exchange for his soul. I will give my son in exchange for your soul. Unbelievable. Amen unbelievable economically considered it's incredible it tells us the value of the lord jesus christ he's worth more than the whole world it tells us the value of a soul in light of eternal torment or eternal pleasure it's worth more than the whole world but god saw that we couldn't pay anything i'll pay my son for her soul Now that's worth shouting about. And that's worth celebrating a little bit. That is what it is. It's an economic transaction. And the Lord used the economic term. Do you know what I keep quoting to you? What will a man give in exchange? That's an economic transaction. What does it profit? That's economic terminology. What does it profit if a man gain the whole world? And lose his own soul. God delivered up his only begotten son to Jewish and Roman tormentors for you. The whole world is not close to a soul's value. Jesus mocked the idea. So you know that Jesus trumps everything in his value. This is the greatest economic trade in the history of the world. And what would we Gentiles know about it if we were still out there kneeling down to a totem pole? Do you know what kind of news was brought to us? I will lead them and take away their darkness and I will give them light and I will never forsake them. And here we are 2,000 years later speaking the same glorious message that Paul preached to the Gentiles. Instead of you exchanging the world for your soul, which you cannot do, God killed Jesus for your soul. Instead of you suffering torment worth the world God tormented Jesus for you it pleased the Lord to bruise him Jesus had to pay such a great price for your soul that he begged God for a cheaper one he said father the price is too high the price is too high for the soul of Jonathan Crosby Is there another way you can work this out? Jesus bought us from God's wrath on our souls by His precious blood. For we have been redeemed, bought back from God's claim to send us to an eternal hell. That's what redeemed means, to buy back. From God's righteous claims on our souls for eternal torment in hell, we have been bought back not by gold or silver, but by the precious blood of Christ, the most precious thing in the universe, which we celebrate at the Lord's Supper. Jesus endured God's wrath for you so you could inherit His heaven. Right. Amen. Measure the value. The value of a thing is what is given in exchange for it. God gave His only Son. The value of a thing is your cost for not having it. Eternal torment or heaven. The value of a thing is what you can get for it. Jesus saved from earth and death. The value of a thing is its intrinsic value, less your cost. But it costs you nothing. This is incredible. Is the word free used in the Bible? Oh, yes, it is. The value of a thing is what greater experts think of it. Angels desire to look into this economic transaction. The value of a thing is what it costs the supplier of it. God gave his beloved son. The value of a thing is the benefit you gain by it. Joint heir with the king of heaven. The value of a thing is its rarity and supply. One, one of a kind event forever. Jesus laid down his life for us. The value of a thing is its complexity and difficulty. It took the power and wisdom of God to come up with the atonement. The value of a thing is how easily others may get it. There's no means or cost for anyone to ever get it. It's a free gift by the infinitely rich God. The value of a thing is its certainty of implied benefits. It's guaranteed over all opposition for your soul. The value of a thing is what you must pay for it. Eternal torture without sonship. The value of a thing is the profit to the seller. The design glory of an infinite God by saving you and me. Who demanded payment of you? Jehovah God, perfect, unmoved, in burning holiness. He demands a payment. He will get a payment for your soul. Your soul and its sins against God deserve eternal torment. What if the penalty is not paid? Eternal torment in the lake of fire designed for the devil and his angels. Does he deserve such fear? He's the only one in the universe that can send a soul to hell. He said, My friends, fear not them which kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. I will tell you whom you shall fear. Fear him that after he hath killed can cast both body and soul into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Yes, fear is appropriate until we run to the refuge and the rock that's been given to us. What was the payment he needed? The humiliation, torment, and death of his son. What did you contribute to the deal? Less than nothing. You demerited enemy rebel scum. What did you get out of the deal? Pardon for capital crimes and an eternity in heaven. How many benefited? How many obtained this benefit? A multitude of all nations that no man can number. How long will the benefit last 10,000 eternities and will then have just begun? What is its rate of depreciation? No decay or reduction by supplies of infinite deity. It can't even fade. What cannot be known about it? Most everything, since God is infinite, and we finite. What can be known about it? The price paid, the penalty avoided, and the glory obtained. As the gospel tells us, how high does God consider the price? The result of infinite wisdom applied for His glory to a dramatic transaction on earth. Of sinful rebels. The angels are overwhelmed by it. Right. That's how high God considers it. What did Jesus get for making payment? The promotion of a man to the right hand of God over all angels, principalities, and powers forever. Every throne, might, dominion, and name that is named not only in this world but in the world to come. What a grand pleasure to eat the costliest menu in the universe there should be some sticker shot going on <laughs> am I gonna touch that bread and that cup that's the most valuable transaction in the history of the universe that's right. it dwarfs anything I've ever thought about before by a million fold mm-hmm. the menu the body and the blood of the Son of God How's that for a new message that came to the Gentiles? Mm-hmm. Fantastic! I won't leave them. I won't forsake them. I will not fail, Amen. and I will not be discouraged. Amen. I'm so glad he didn't say, please don't fail, and please don't be discouraged. I do both <laughs> on a regular basis. He said, the, the Lord said about him, Because remember, the Lord God sent his servant whom I uphold and I will hold thee by thine hand. He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he has brought judgment to the earth and the isles shall wait for his law. And we have just waited for this little tiny sermonette to remind us about the price of our souls and are you selling out on the cheap every day of your lives. Are you selling out cheap? Or are you sacrificing everything you can, like cutting off a hand, like plucking out an eye, so that you can show that that eternal destiny of heaven is for you. That's how we make our calling and election sure. I only wanted to scare you a little bit. Without proper fear of hell, We don't appreciate Jesus dying for us. But Jesus did die for us. And do you know how many he'll lose? None. Do you know how many times he'll fail? Never. Do you know how often he gets discouraged? He looked forward to the cross. He laid down his life. It wasn't taken from him. He laid it down. He said, bring it on. He said some things to Caiaphas that just aggravated the situation. And he did it all for us what a grand pleasure to eat the costliest menu in the universe and these words are not worth the subject matter the Lord's Supper for you and me to sit at the Lord's table and to eat a meal that is to remember the greatest economic transaction in the history of the universe with no uh, with no peers whatsoever mm-hmm. this is God sacrificing his son because you had nothing to pay and a soul is worth more by eternal torment compared to eternal bliss than the whole world. Jesus is worth more than the whole world. And God gladly saw you couldn't pay and determined He would pay and He did pay. And we remember that He paid. And we remember that Jesus willingly did it for us. And that's why we have communion. The greatest celebratory dinner ever shared is to remember a trade. There are traders, there are traders, traders. There are traders bars in every big city. The greatest celebratory dinner ever shared is to remember a trade exceeding the whole world's value When I didn't have a penny to pay. God, through Jesus Christ, paid it all for me. And He paid it all for you. That's why we have the Lord's Supper. May the Lord bless the feeble preaching of His Word.